Time now for the quote of the week. Hey, and why not? Let's tread into very dangerous waters. I guess it's a definition of a hot button issue in the U.S. that's overwhelmed everything else in at least the eyes of the media. I'm talking about the leak of a draft, a Supreme Court opinion, suggesting that Roe versus Wade decision will be overturned, which would leave abortion rights up to individual states to decide. I mean, the abortion debate has been rekindled. Well, this is a draft opinion, not yet finalized or officially released, and abortion still remains legal, with the final ruling expected, I guess, in late June. But that hasn't stopped the reaction from ramping up to Mach 10 immediately. As famed Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg stated after questioning Roe's reason, uh, reasoning in 1985, she said, the decision appeared to have provoked, not resolved, the conflict. And I guess that's much to the light of at least some politicians and groups, both sides of the aisle, both sides of the issue, who took advantage to raise hundreds of millions of dollars while stoking anger and discord for political advantage. But that brings me to the quote of the week by respected Wall Street journalist, columnist Peggy Noonan, who states, in quotes, the vast majority of human beings on both sides are utterly sincere and operating out of their best understanding of life. Yes, there were plenty of people in the last 50 years who used the issue to accrue money and power. But this life, long life tells me the overwhelming majority of people held their views for serious reasons. They sincerely saw the prohibition of abortion as a sin against women. They sincerely saw abortion on demand as a sin against life. And you have to be respectful of the opposing view. And you have to respect that as a wound, the Roe versus Wade decision never healed, never could. Josh Prager, in his stupendous history of the decision, The Family Row, noted the singular fact of this ruling. Other high court decisions that liberalized the social order, desegregation of schools, elimination of prayer in the schools, interracial marriage, gay marriage, were followed by public acceptance, even when the rulings were very unpopular. Most came to have overwhelming support, but not Roe versus Wade. That was the exception. Opposition to Roe became more hostile after its issuance. Time now for the shocking stat of the week. As regular listeners know, one of our big themes, we'll make that our big concerns, since forecasting it in February 2020, surrounds food shortages and price increases. Before you roll your eyes, let me remind you of the profound impact that even in the West, rising grocery prices are having on low-income earners. But when you're talking about emerging markets, the impact could be devastating of food shortages. And I'll continue to remind you that the pivotal role that government played, government policy has played in creating these higher prices and food shortages. Most notably, the ideologically driven push to eliminate fossil fuels without any acknowledgement that natural gas is so important to the fertilizer production. I mean, with components like ammonia and urea, cost of diesel, all of that stuff, by the way, up hundreds of percent this year. I mean, the potential disaster, though, for people in developing nations is just starting to be recognized. I better, I better emphasize the word just starting, which brings me to the shocking stat of the week. So how many people are we talking about? Well, according to the European Union's Global Network Against Food Crisis, the number of people worldwide going hungry surged 25% last year. Almost 193 million people, 53 countries, suffered acute food insecurity in 2021. And now you've got the reduction in wheat, corn, fertilizer exports from Ukraine and Russia. You've got China banning the export of phosphates. 
Well, it's made the situation far worse, with some countries adding to the global problem because they've had to, or they think they have to at least enact export bans to protect their own domestic supplies. We've got the United Nations World Food Price Index already at an all-time high. And of course, not surprisingly, political and social unrest is growing in a huge number of countries. Why? Because energy and food costs are spiking. 193 million people vulnerable to this. This is a major shock, and we won't feel it until we get into the next several months, into the next year. And sadly, tragically, there's no relief in sight. Time now for this week's Goofy Award, which begs the question, is there a week that goes by without more efforts at censorship? Well, that's the context for this week's Goofy. And of the specific actions, well, with the goal of censorship taken by themselves, well, we might have a tendency to not pay attention. We might not think they're particularly noteworthy. But as George Orwell stated, threats to freedom of speech, writing, and action, though often trivial in isolation, are cumulative in their effect. And unless checked, lead to a general disrespect for the rights of citizens. And come on, there have been many, many attacks on free speech, variety of forms. There's demonstrably an approved speech by government that compels individuals to comply with progressive dogma, and it's permeated politics, the media, academia, society as a whole. And now to this week's Goofy Award. Well, it goes to the U.S. Homeland Security for creating a disinformation governance board. You heard that right. A disinformation governance board empowering a group of, in quotes, their own words, truth experts. Come on, the parody writes itself. We got a new DGB, pretty darn close to KGB, who also had their own truth experts. To not be able to imagine, though, the abuse of the politically appointed board, I think it reveals a level of naivety that beggars the imagination, given that politics poisons every nook and cranny of government activity and society. And it's already started. The new executive director, is Nina Jankowitz, who once described Hunter Biden's laptop, which is now authenticated, as a Trump campaign product. She's written that America's information landscape includes declining trust in the media fed by the Trump administration's relentless attack on the fourth estate. But my point is, I, I could go on about that, but my point is, do her statements sound nonpartisan to you? Especially given the the serious blind eye to not recognize that both sides of the aisle fuel misinformation. But come on, we don't need Russians or Chinese when you have the Clinton campaign financing the Trump-Russian collusion scandal. Hey, by the way, kind of interesting, uh, Democratic lawyer Michael Sussman's in court right now charged with lying to the FBI, and there's other court cases to come regarding the Russian hope. But I doubt you'll hear it. doesn't seem like the media is too interested in that side. But my point today is this. What's clear is that the perception of the new executive director of the Disinformation Governance Board is partisan. Come on, it is not a stretch to see the board's power used for partisan purposes. Yes, it might be this administration, but it certainly can be future ones. Could be Republican or Democrat. That's not good news for free speech. It's noteworthy, though, is that support for censorship, I think this is really interesting about what's changed, support for censorship versus free speech seems to be increasingly one of, if not the key distinctions between the political left and right. 
Hey, that's all the time we have. Just a reminder of two things. We've got Jeff Oland, a Q&A presented by Vision Capital uh, coming up this coming Tuesday, 11 o'clock Pacific uh, noon Mountain Time, presented by Vision Capital. As I said, uh, you can go to mikesmoneytalks.ca and you can uh, get all the information you want, but submit your questions. This is a rare opportunity. Take advantage of it. But also, uh, just a reminder that I'm looking for help with the Special Olympics Golf Tournament. I am chairman there. We're looking for auction items, and we're looking for help with T-sponsors, which uh, T-sponsorships, which are about $1,500 each. Not about, that's what they are. Anyways, go to mikesmoneytalks.ca, and I hope you join me on Money Talks Tweets and Michael Campbell's Money Talks Facebook. Have a terrific week.